Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and joining me today is Lace Flowers, the digital marketing unicorn, a certified self-sabotage self-sabotage coach and solo traveling mom. Not so long ago, she was a trapped S-A-H-M, you'll have to tell me what that means, in a financially dependent and abusive relationship, dreaming of location independence. She'd been toying with online business since 2016 when she created her first website at seven months pregnant from her mobile phone. In 2020, Lace had enough. She invested in education and coaching and applied what she learned. Two years later, Lace, her home country of 33 years to break free from abuse and begin her travelpreneurship. Over the last 18 months, Lace has lived in various parts of Latin America with her two daughters. She's been homeless in Mexico City, robbed by police in Guatemala, missed flights twice to Costa Rica, pivoted in business, rode horses up to waterfalls, eaten amazing food, and met some incredible people. Lace is now the digital marketing unicorn for impactful personal development coaches and luxury wellness retreat hosts overwhelmed by tech who want their online operations taken care of so they can focus on growing their audience, serving their clients, and doing what they do best. When she's not freelancing, you can hear Lace singing or find her swimming in the ocean or pool, eating street food, shopping, or sharing her best solo mama travel tips with her mama community. Thank you so much for making time during the chaos to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, and wow, what an introduction. I will quickly just explain what a stay at home, it's a SSA, oh. stay at home mum. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're listening live, here we are, July 5th. If you've seen any of the pictures of my new house, it's beautiful. The fireworks were literally over the mountains right behind my house. I've been up all night. <laughs> Duh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't envy you. I really don't. <laughs> I don't like them to begin with, but they've always been miles away. You drive to them, you go home, and you can still hear them. Yep. Wow. Uh, I'm one of those uh, overworked solopreneurs who you take all the stress away from. Thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. <laughs> That's why I do what I do, because I get what it's like wearing all the hats. I've done it myself. And it gets to a point where it's like, you know what? This is this is just impossible. You just don't enjoy your business anymore. It's hard to do all of the things and be everything to everyone and focus on what you love. Because let's face it, not all aspects of online business anyone loves. There are parts that we just don't like, we don't enjoy, we don't want to do, which we didn't have to do. And it's nice to be able to hand off those tasks to somebody else, right? Only been helping me a couple of weeks. My life has changed immensely. So anyone looking for support, we can get to that later. We'll talk about you and your story. You can tell everyone a little bit more about you. But I just want to seriously say I have looked 
and struggled and people who know me know this. Um, and you have turned things around quickly for me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Wonderful feedback that just uh, it melts my heart. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> but yeah, so well, you want to know more about me and my story and where I came from? Well, this is big. This is big. Um, <laughs> can you take it right back to, well, how, how this all came about? How did I come to be here in Latin America on my own, working with you? It kind of goes back, it goes back to 2014. It goes back a lot further than that, but I think that's where we'll start. Um, no, it actually goes back. Let's go back to 2009 very quickly. So bit of backstory. Um, when I was in high school, um, I had a bit of a troubled childhood. I was in high school and I met my first love. He was a year younger than me. And um, his mum really didn't like me. She made it really hard for us to be together. She was like one of those, oh, I don't want my boy to have a girlfriend, blah, blah. Um, so every time he used to come and see me, she'd give him a good beating afterwards, um, which I'm smiling, but it's not funny. Um, and eventually we were together for maybe about eight months, but he came to me and said, hey, I, I just can't do this. He said, I can't take the beatings that I'm getting from my mother. Um, I was 16, he was 15. He was like, I'll come back for you when I'm an adult. And I was like, okay, of course you will. <laughs> you know, teenagers making promises to each other, right? I was like, all right, whatever. Um, so we went our separate ways. I went to college. He, you know, finished school, didn't speak to each other, completely lost contact. Um, I went off to university, ended up with my first daughter at 20. And then my phone rang. It was now 2009. And my friend said, hey, guess who's looking for you? And I was like, surprise me. And she said, Alex. And I was like, what? I haven't seen or spoken to this guy in four years. And now you're telling me he wants my phone number? So yeah. So we reconnected. It was amazing. And I went to see him. And we spent two lovely days together in London in the UK. And the third day... Um, he'd asked me to marry him he was like I'm back you know I promised you that I was going to come back for you um my mum can't do nothing to me now I'm 19 years old you know and I just I just couldn't couldn't believe it. I was so happy so on the third day we were supposed to meet up he didn't show up and I thought that's really unusual the night before I felt something was wrong like really wrong have you ever had like a gut feeling that just smacked you in the face so hard and you can't you just can't shake it yeah? Yeah. Uh-huh. I had that. It it literally tore me apart. And I rang him at three o'clock in the morning. I was like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I let him talk me out of what I was feeling, although I was still feeling it. So when he didn't show up the next day, I thought, oh, something is very wrong. And I couldn't get hold of him. His sister said that he'd went out and he'd left everything, you know, keys, phone, wallet. And I thought, well, who goes out without any of these things and is like just missing in action? Nobody could find him. Like I called up friends and my daughter was eight months old. So I couldn't really be wandering around the streets of London looking for him. But I phoned friends and was like, hey, can you go and check out local parks? And like, where is he? Couldn't find him. That was the day I was going home. So I went off home and my phone rang and it was his sister. And she said, a body of a black male has been found at our local train station. She didn't even need to tell me anything else because it wasn't confirmed it was him, but I knew it was him. And it was him. He'd taken his own life. 
and my world literally fell apart that day. I didn't know, how do you cope with that? I was 21 years old. I was not prepared for this. I did not know what to do. Like my world just collapsed instantly. I cried and cried and cried and cried. And I was like, why? That's my biggest question. Why, 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 why? And everything after that, my whole life just went downhill because I just didn't know what to do with what had happened to me. I just couldn't process it. And his mum was blaming me, going, oh, you're the last person that he spoke to. What did you do to him? I'm like, hey, I didn't do nothing. You can't blame me for this. Like the last thing he said to me was, I love you and I'll see you tomorrow. And I never saw him again. I knew your story. I did not knew it was literally three days after you reconnected. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was just mind blowing. I didn't know what to do with myself. I just went home and I think I just cried for months. And, you know, I was so traumatized by what happened. It took its toll on me. I ended up in this spiral of depression, didn't know what to do with myself and wanted to take my own life. This is the first time I really started to understand, or at least from my own perspective, suicide and why someone may want to contemplate it because the immense pain that I felt, I just did not know how to deal with it. I didn't know what to do. I just wanted the pain to stop and I couldn't find a way to make it stop. And I thought this must be the sort of pain that he must have been in to do what he did. There's nothing to do with me. We were talking in the Team Ruthless call last night, you know, people in that first year of loss with those feelings, like, how do you go on? I don't want to go. I'm doing it for my friends and family. I'm doing it for my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to be here. And I had those thoughts. I'm a psychologist trained in loss, grief, and trauma. And it is so painful. You've lost something so precious and you don't want to be here either. And this is such a raw, honest conversation. I'm so glad my clients are talking about it and at least putting it out there because the world doesn't. The world doesn't discuss that it hurts that much, that we don't want to get out of bed. We don't want people see us living but we don't have a choice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it didn't feel like living. It was just a horrible existence of pain. I just didn't know what to do. Like the funeral came and went and that was horrible. They were still blaming me and being nasty and not even acknowledging my existence. So that, you know, people think, you know, when you have the funerals, that's kind of like, okay, that's done. That chapter's closed. Everyone just goes and gets on with their life. No, it doesn't work like that at all. Like life does go on and it's weird, isn't it? Because like you watch everyone else just doing their things, you know, going to the shops, going to work, just doing all the normal stuff. And you're like, I don't even feel like I'm part of this. Like, how are you all just okay and going on about your day? And I... I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't do anything. And how do you not fathom, how do you not know that? Like, how do you not recognize that I wouldn't be okay? You had the added stigmas, death by suicide, overdose, addiction, like, you know, those deaths Mm -hmm. have far less support than when someone loses a spouse, loses a child. It shouldn't be that way. 
but you had less support than I had. And there's not enough support to begin with. And people think funerals over. It's been X amount of time. They're doing better. I don't know what better is. No, I did not feel better. I did not. It took me about, I think it was about a year of being in and out of hospitals, overdosing myself. Um, lucky to be alive. And I came to a point where I was like, okay, clearly I can't die because I kept waking up in hospital every time. So I was like, that's, this doesn't seem to be an option for me. Clearly I'm still here for a reason. So I decided I was gonna stop trying to harm myself and I was gonna try to live. Cause I thought this is what he would want. So I went into nursing, I went into mental health nursing thinking this was gonna be good for me. It would help me to possibly help other people that had been in situations like he was and that I was and to provide some sort of support. I quickly realized this was not what I needed to be doing at all, but at least that got me out of where I was. You know, I came off all the drugs because they put me on all kinds of stuff, antidepressants, bipolar meds, lithium, and everyone going, oh, you've got this disorder and that disorder. I was like, I'm not sick. I am traumatized. I need support. I need help. I need someone to listen to me. I don't need your drugs. Because I felt terrible on them. Nothing helped. It just... All they did was make me put on a lot of weight, which made me even more miserable. Um, and it was horrible. So I was so glad to get off them and get into nursing. I was, I felt like, you know, I was getting some sort of life back. And I realized this is not what I want to do. And I thought, oh God, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to not do this? So I've been to university. This is the second time now. And I'm going to drop out again. Well, the universe had other plans for me because in 2014, um, I was on my way to a brand new placement in the community um, and I never got there because that morning I dropped off my daughter who was now six, I think she was, and I was involved in a head-on collision on the way to work. Um, my car spanned 360 degrees um, and I broke my left femur. I was trapped in my car. So amazingly I don't even know how I managed to call my placement I managed to call everybody and say I ain't gonna make it today I'm I'm in a bit of a situation um I even joked with the paramedics I don't know where my sense of humor comes from in these times of like you know like complete chaos but he, he I remember the the paramedic saying to me oh I'm gonna cut your clothes off and I was like no you ain't I just bought these <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so like you yeah. <laughs> he did cut them off um, but that's when they told me they're going to move me you know I remember them smashing my my window my windscreen they cut the doors off they cut the roof off and they said we're going to move you and I said hey I don't want to feel a damn thing because I know this is going to hurt so my first ride in a helicopter and I'm pretty sure I'm not going to remember it and I didn't um but they gave me ketamine and they moved me to hospital so once again I'm in hospital um, I ended up in a coma. I was ventilated for eight days because I had blood clots on my lungs. Um, and once again, I've woken up in hospital from a near-death experience. And I was like, girl, you are supposed to live. Like, I, I started to feel like I was immortal. Like, it started to feel that was a real wake-up call. Do you know what I mean? So again, decided, okay, this is another chance to do something else, to really make something of yourself and I I left the nursing 
but wasn't going to go back. I had my femur repaired surgically. I was in a wheelchair. I wasn't really in a position to be mental health nursing, wrestling people to the ground and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. So I, I quit. And that's when I met my husband. And again, same sort of downward spiral. It was all lovely in the beginning, but it was a very unhealthy relationship. We spent seven years together. And this is when I became the stay-at-home mum. Because obviously after the accident, I wasn't working. I still had my daughter. I ended up with two more children as well. And it got to the point where I had, I had no money. I was completely financially dependent. I was miserable. I let, my life was like walking on eggshells because there was just no keeping anybody happy. You know, we were always being yelled at, told off for something. It's sometimes absolutely nothing, like the dumbest things in the world. It was really uncomfortable existence for all of us. And eventually I just thought, you know what? Are you gonna put up with this? You've been given another chance at life. Again, this is number three. And this is what you're gonna do with it? Really? Can you do another eight years, seven, eight years of this? And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. So that's when I decided once again, time to get your act together. Um, I did my self-sabotage coaching um, with Jason Christoph. Have you ever heard of him? No. He is, he's just wow. Look him up. Jason Christoph is amazing, but I trained under him and I went through the process myself. And I discovered a lot about myself, a lot about subconscious patterns of behavior, why we attract things that we attract, why we end up in the same, you know, repetitive cycles, why my life was practically just one of complete chaos, as I've just shared with you, just one disaster to another. Um, and that's when I had a realization that, you know what, if you're actually going to take these chances you've been given and do something with them, you're going to have to cut this relationship off you have got to leave. And that was terrifying because I had nothing. Absolutely nothing. I was like, how am I going to cope? I have three children. What am I going to do? How am I going to make money? How am I going to sustain myself? I can't even afford to live in England. Like <laughs> all these, all these thoughts. Um, so for two years, I battled with that sort of going backwards and forwards of applying the solutions to fixing my life and reprogramming my subconscious and relapsing as it were back into you know running away from the problems that I had because I was so scared but after two years things started to fall into place I learned to how to do online business I launched a business I started um investing in cryptocurrency and gold and silver and stuff like that and I put together a vision board and at the time it seemed crazy I was living in a caravan my, my youngest daughter was born in a caravan and had nothing, but I put together this vision board on my caravan ceiling and it had all these pictures of exotic destinations, beaches, beach houses, happy people, slim women, because I was pretty big at this time. Because um, I always found that when I was super unhappy, my weight would increase like a big, like a padding of protection for my soul almost, right? Um, but I put these things together anyway. I was like, it's okay, it's all right to dream. And things, and I started to act like the things I wanted were actually happening, as crazy as that seems, because looking into my life at that time, it was like, how can you even think about going abroad when you all don't even have passports? <laughs> but I did it anyway. 
And within, I think it was in about 12 months of putting that together, I actually did leave the UK. I boarded a plane to Mexico. I decided that's where I was going. Never been to Mexico, didn't speak any Spanish. Didn't even think I liked Mexican food because in England, the food that they tell us is Mexican is pretty not, it's, it's not very nice. They're all, you know, old El Paso and these like little kits, which is not what Mexicans eat at all. But that was my only impression. I've never even met a Mexican. Um, so when I announced, I'm going to Mexico, everyone was like, what? You're crazy. You're absolutely off your trolley. And I was like, Do you know what? That's fine. You can call me whatever you want. You can call me an idiot. You can tell me I'm crazy. You can try and tear down my dreams and say, oh, how, how do you expect to survive out there? I'll figure it out. And that was tough. So when you have people like who are scared, not, be, not for you, they're scared because the idea of them doing something like this seems so crazy that they want to, you know, poop on your cornflakes, as it were. But I didn't let them do that. I just carried on. I said, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway, because I'm here for a reason. I'm not wasting any more time. I'm not wasting any more time in my life. I am not going to wake up in hospital again and be given another chance, because I think if it happens again, I'm not going to wake up. A third time lucky, right? So yeah, in 2022, 22nd of the second month, 2022, so all the twos, I landed in Mexico City with a one-way ticket and that was 18 months ago and in that time so much has happened to us I've pivoted in business I've had no money I've been homeless as I said in Mexico City I was saved by a lady on Facebook um so why it's really good to have a good network of people all around the world because you just don't know when someone's going to need you or you're going to need them because she saved my bacon Otherwise, I'd probably still be living in Mexico City Airport now. And it's a big airport. You probably could live in it, but it's not ideal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, lot, lots has happened. I've been to, I started in Mexico. I spent almost 12 months there. I went to Guatemala where I was robbed by the police. Um, luckily, I got out there. I'm okay. Um, I've been to Dominican Republic and now I'm in Colombia. And honestly, I am so freaking happy. <laughs> that I took the leap and decided, no, this is my life and I'm gonna do what I wanna do with it. I'm gonna live it my way and I'm gonna go and create my own happiness because anything I've learned is you are responsible for your own happiness. Nobody, nobody is gonna give it to you. Nobody can create it for you, you have to do it. People do shoot you down and say you're crazy and I talk about things as if they're happening and already in existence all the time. And the people who want to tell me I'm crazy, I just let, and I don't let them in. Like you they don't get to enter my bubble. They just, they, I don't have room or time or energy. And other people think that's what ruthless means. Other people will be like ruthless. And that's part of it. I have let go of any and everything toxic mm-hmm. but we do we get to choose and create and decide and and I want people to learn that before we hit that wall and have these horrible things happen yeah because we are in control we always are we get to make decisions every single day we get to decide what thoughts we allow into our heads it's our mind 
we can think anything. Why not think something amazing? So that's what I do. And if anyone wants to tell me otherwise, I don't care. I really don't. I've got to the point where I just do not care. I'm going to do what I want to do as long as like we're safe and we're happy. It's a non-issue. You are living your best life. I'm sure you have your blips and your bad days, but even over the weekend when you were out and about in the middle of a storm, you're laughing and having fun and finding a way. And, and that's one of my favorite quotes. Like life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. And you were. We literally were. We literally were. We were caught in this enormous downpour. And when it rains here, it rains. And it, the roads turn into a river real quick. So being on a motor and a motorbike is not, it's not ideal. <laughs> but we raced it to the mall found somewhere to sit and just did a language exchange for two hours. We were, sort, we were in the rain, but we were undercover. That's the only place we could sit. But that's what it's about. You just find beauty and fun and, you know, nice experiences, no matter what's going on, because there is always a silver lining. Always. You just need to look. Sometimes you've got to look really hard, but there's always, always, always a silver lining to be found. Always. I, before I moved to Colorado, I would get so frustrated with my dad. He has serious health issues and waking up every day is difficult, right? And now that's, you know, waking up without Jim every day is difficult, but I would look at him and this was before Jim and I reconnected. And I would be like, you have me, you have my brother, you have your granddaughter. Now he has two, like you get to, you might be in pain, you get to choose what you eat and how you deal with it and what you do to deal with all of this pain. And I really, truly could wake up and hate life every day. I'd rather have Jim here. Of course. Of but we course. get to choose how we, how, and, and I heard the best quote, um, there are people wondering whether the glass is half full or half empty and they're missing missing the pick you know the glass is refillable yes isn't it just you can always top it up right and even have it overflow if you want to but if you look hard enough I have decided I have my moments and if I need to take a break I'm going outside and I'm looking at those mountains and I'm doing something with my dogs and I'm healing but if I look hard enough I will find something to be grateful for something to be happy about something to lift my mood up and those people who are crabby and negative, if you look hard enough, you can find anything to be unhappy about. Absolutely. It is about choice and perception. It really is. We get to choose what we focus on. So you just decided this, I'm done hurting. Like the, enough is enough. I'm not living this way. I've had three chances. I might not have another. Mm -hmm. done. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? This It's time. Because I felt like at that time in my life, when I was just so miserable, walking up and down my almost half a mile driveway every day, talking to myself about what am I going to do? You know, am I going to, I was trying to make a plan. How, how can I get out of this situation? And trying to talk myself into actually leaving. Because I knew it's what I wanted to do. But it was scary because change is scary. It's terrifying. But what was more terrifying was standing still. I knew that's what I didn't want. So I had to do something else. 
And that's what I did. I was like, do you know what? It is time to do something else. It's time to do something different. And you've always been okay. You've been in so many situations where you've like danced with death and you've come out of it and you've been okay. You can absolutely walk away from a relationship or marriage and be okay. You just need a little time. So I just thought, you know what? I'm just, that's what I'm gonna focus on. You know, what do I want my life to look like? And it will figure out and you will be okay because I always have been. So I just lent into that. And no, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. None of it has been easy. But would I do it all again? Yes, absolutely. My only and, regret is not doing it quicker. Yeah. And did you do it all completely alone? You had somebody, you said from a group, a community who helped you along the way when you were stuck in an airport. Yeah. Right? Like we, if we walk up and down the driveway and only talk to ourselves and try to figure it out alone, it's really harder than even if we just let one person in and yes. say, this is what I'm thinking about. That yep. can be your action. Yeah. That, that can be the one step. I'm going to talk to, I'm going to let one person in and say, I got to get out of here. I need to come up with a plan. Yes. And that is what I did. I spent a lot of time talking to myself and I had one friend who was local and I spoke to her and I said, look, this is, she knew my situation anyway. She's my friend. And I said, this is what's happening. And this is what I'm thinking of doing. And she was like, you know, you deserve to be happy. You need to do what you've got to do. And she said, I will miss you so much. I don't want you to leave. She said, but you're not happy. And wherever you are in the world, we'll always be friends. And she, she was really there for me. And my uncle as well, I'm really close to my uncle. And he, doesn't, he didn't live anywhere near me at the time, but I used to call him and just say, look, this is what's happening for me. And he just listened. And say, you know what? You have to do what's right for you. Because you can't live your life for other people. And you don't deserve to be unhappy. You know what you want. Go out and get it. So just, just two people. But it's worth it. You have to, support is so important, isn't it? It really is. And that's why I built like a network on Facebook as well of women. Women who were in business. Women who wanted to travel. Women who were already traveling. Basically, people who were doing or aspiring to do what I wanted. I wanted to connect with people that had what I, ha what I wanted. I wanted to connect with people who lived the way I wanted to live. I wanted to connect with people who understood the dream, who understood the goal, because they're not crapping in your cornflakes. They're, 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 cheerle they're cheerleading you. And that's what we did. We cheerleaded each other. And some of these women I'm, I still talk to now. In fact, some of them have even been clients. I've been clients of theirs and they've been clients of mine. And it's been such an incredible journey to go on. But honestly, without all that support, I don't know how I would have coped. Right. So for you, it was people further along in business. For me, it was people further along in the healing journey. I needed other widows. We mm -hmm. can't do it alone. So if you're listening, if you're thinking you need to get out of an unhealthy job environment, whatever situation you're in that you know you want to get out of, doing it alone is harder. Whether it's talking to your spouse or your best friend or someone, someone you trust, someone who has zero ulterior motives, mm -hmm. someone who isn't looking out for them, someone who only has your best interests at heart, 
and will help you come up with the best plan for you. And that might be saying, let's sit on Facebook and find a group of other women. You know, it doesn't have to be this amazing solution. It's just being there for you and helping you get through it. That's the first, that's a huge first step. It is. It's massive because a lot of the women that supported me, I have never even met them and I may never meet them. But I think sometimes, like you say, if you don't have family members or you don't have friends who are genuinely going to support you because of their own fears or their own programming, their own belief systems, that's okay. Don't share your dreams with people that don't get them because they will shoot them down. But you can go out there and use the internet and find people who get it. It doesn't matter that you don't know them in person. In fact, sometimes it's better because like you say, they don't have an ulterior motive. They have the same dreams and goals as you. So they want to go to the places that you want to go. They want to have the success that you want to have, or maybe they already have it. But these are the types of people you want to connect with, people that get it, people that are going to support you and forget everyone else who doesn't. That doesn't mean you can't speak to them or you can't be friends with them or you've got to cut off your whole family. No, you just be selective about what you share with them. Because the quickest way to kill a big dream is to tell it to a small-minded person. And, and two heads are better than one and three are better than two. And so even someone new joined our group last night. And in I remember staring at walls. I remember being in such deep grief that I didn't know where to start, that everything was so overwhelming and I couldn't think. And you can do things the wrong way. You can do things in a way that looking back, you can laugh and say, oh my God, I could have done that in one step and I made it 14, right? So if you don't find other people, you could make things harder. And so last night at the end, someone said, I was so nervous. I was really, really scared to do this, but I just saved myself so many hours of digging through things that would have A, been emotional Mm -hmm. and, and B, really I don't know where to start. I could have been going through closets. I could have had to go through the base. Like I could have been going through boxes and boxes, looking through documents. When you're talking about loss and grief and having to find things, it's a lot. And so other people who have done it, who have shortcuts, that is not just hours of, for me, you saved me hours of tech headaches. This Mm -hmm. is also emotion. This is hours of crying that we didn't have to do in fetal position. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's what it's about learning off each other, you know, taking wisdom from each other and leaning into each other's talents and gifts and things that they have to share because we don't know it all and we never will. And that's okay. But if we can not when I say use, I don't mean use people in a horrible way, but if we can use other people's experiences and their gifts and their wisdom to make our own lives easier, why not? And I'm going to, following that, I will say all the time that I can be naive and I have been looking in my local area for someone to help me with my business for a year and a half, two years, right? (laughs) However long. And I've been looking at resumes and, oh, I'll try this person and, oh, they're nearby. So if I ever need help with my dogs or, well, I've been finding idiots 
And I've been finding people who didn't give a shit about me or my business, right? So what did I do? I went to a group of people I know and trust who I've mm -hmm. known for a long time, even if I haven't met them in person, I know mm -hmm. and trust them. And we've known each other for long enough that I said, hey, I need help. And, and they gave me you, right? This is how we've exactly. connected. So exactly. I'm biased. I love groups, but there is, it is leaning on their strengths. These are people who know the tech world much better than I do. They knew who to say, Sam, go, go immediately to this person instead of wasting X number of hours talking to all the wrong people because I don't know. Yes, exactly. And that's what it is. You go and find people who have either hired the people that you need or they're in that circle and they go, do you know what? Yeah, I've got a referral for you. And it saves a year, another year and a half, two years of you digging through people nearby when you don't actually necessarily need someone nearby and you find what you want a lot quicker. And that can apply to absolutely everything, whether it's someone you need in your business, where it's, you know, you need support for what you're going through with grief. You need support with leaving a toxic relationship and grieving for that as well, because it's not just when people leave this earth that we grieve. It's no. anything we, moving. Yes. We grieve when, you know, when we lose relationships. I grieved for my marriage a long time ago, but I did because it was it's a loss. There's Absolutely. many, many ways that we grieve. So yeah, that, that was a grieving process. If people are thinking, oh my God, Sam found someone to help with her business. I've been looking forever. How did she find you? Where do we find you? Where are their digital unicorns? You can find me on Facebook. I'm Lacey Flowers Ellis One on Facebook. I do believe I'm only one of two and they're both me. So you can't miss me. <laughs> so you can connect with me on Facebook. You can send me a DM. Um, if you want to check out my brochure, it's in my links tree, which is on my profile. You can also send me an email to Lace Flowers at protonmail.com and connect with me there as well. You also can ask me, right? Of you can course. Through anywhere, through the Grief Hab community, any of my areas. Lace is helping with all of these things. Any, any other things you want people listening to know? You really, you haven't just turned it around once. And I would like to point out you turned it around, you went into nursing and you weren't afraid to say, oops, I don't love this. I'm going to turn it around again. Yeah. And that, I think that is a really powerful point. Just because you end up doing something or being pulled in a particular direction. And I've learned this in online business as well. Does not, does not mean you have to stick with it. It does not mean you have to see it through. It does not mean that is the only way to achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Be prepared to pivot. Don't be afraid of pivoting. Be like a river, meander. Right, it's not a straight line. There are zigs and zags and I am now in Northern Colorado and I love it. it I didn't just go from Denver here, right? And mm -hmm. I wouldn't, had I, I would have missed a lot of my growth along the way. So we can't look at our path and say, I messed up. 
Like my path is how I got here. And so a lot of people beat themselves up along the way and it's part of your journey. So I love that you are able to say, I didn't, I didn't love this. This wasn't for me and change direction again. Absolutely. That's what you have to do. Because otherwise you're just like, you know, trying to hit the same thing over and over again and going, it's not working. If it's not working, move. You are not a tree. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's going to be your quote graphic. (laughs) Thank you. But yeah, just, just pivot. You know, when I started in business online, I was a cryptocurrency coach for women because again, tech stuff. So that's what I was teaching. I wasn't necessarily teaching anyone how to make money. That was opportunities that at that time I was telling people about, but I was more teaching the, what is crypto? What is blockchain? How can you get set up? How can you stay safe? How can you make sure you're not going to be scammed? All of that sort of technical stuff. That's what I started teaching. And now I do tech that's got absolutely nothing to do with cryptocurrency at all. So that just shows you how much I've moved. And I've been in the coaching industry as well. I've successfully coached men and women through their own self-sabotage, just like I went through that process. So there's been a lot of movement in the last 18 months, but I just, you just have to go with where you're being pulled and see what happens. But like you say, there's no, there's no failure. There's no messing up. It is just literally just moving and going, okay, we'll go down this route. This feels aligned and see what happens. And if it works, go for it. And what I have found is that me doing what I do now, like for you being in the background, doing the tech stuff and helping other business owners run their online operations that's my zone of genius that's what I'm good at and that's working for me so I'm gonna do that any final thoughts final words just thank you so much but please if you're listening and you find yourself in a situation that you need to leave or that you need to move through whether that is grief whether that is leaving a relationship whether that is leaving your home country and going and following your dreams whatever it is you are not alone and you don't have to be alone so reach out and find people who are going through what you're going through have what you want or on the same journey and connect because that is what's really going to propel you towards your big goals and you can totally have them you can because I'm living proof that you can go from having nothing to living your dream because I'm doing it. So there's absolutely no reason why you can't either. So just Thank reach you out so much for being so real, so raw, making time during your chaos. Thank you everyone listening. Connect with Lace Flowers. I'll put everything in the show notes. Until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.